Welcome to the Wolf Whistle, the podcast that interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Welcome to the Wolf Whistle. Welcome to the 56th edition of the Wolf Whistle podcast, the podcast which interviews and celebrates the former players of our great club. We are interviewing today a person who I am actually really looking forward to interview way before my time, Les Wilson. 116 appearances for the Wolves and eight goals, signing as an apprentice in 1963, and he was at the club between 1964 and 1971, making his professional debut in 1965. We are going stateside all the way to sunny, I believe, uh, Vancouver. Les Wilson. Les, how are you? Jason, wonderful. It's uh, a lovely sunny day outside and I just finished a 30-minute run. So uh, thank you so much for inviting me onto your wonderful podcast. Uh, well, Les, you know, the honour's all mine. Um, if you don't mind me asking, Les, uh, you, you just said you've been on a 30-minute run. How old are you, Les? I'm in my se- early 70s. Wow. And, uh, and I still run, uh, I'd say, three to four miles four days a week. That is absolutely brilliant, Les. Flipping it, we might need you this. Uh, we might need you this weekend when we play Liverpool. Well, I, I did play centre forward for the Wolves against uh, Jack Charlton and uh, scored against him. And I never ever he chased me all over the field because the, the year previous, Jack and I did a lot of uh, miter soccer coaching clinics in Vancouver. Yeah. And when I scored against him, he just ran after me all over that field at Leeds, and I'll never forget that. He was going on, I'm not going to swear here, but he was saying, you effing Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's good of him. Now, what's actually interesting, Les, which I wanted to come to, because I've done some research on you, and I see that you've spent a lot of time in Canada, but you was born in Manchester in 1947. So I just want to check firstly that you was born in Manchester and secondly, what took you to Canada? Um, uh, yes, I was born in Manchester, uh, in Withenshaw actually. And uh, my father was a pilot in the REF where he learned his training skills in flying in Canada. And what actually happened, Jason, was my uh, my mother's uh, brother, Mr. Fred Fuller, he um, and his family emigrated to Canada. And my dad, as I said, had been here during the Second World War. And um, my dad followed my uncle Fred out here. And, um, and hence, as, as a five or six year old, I came with my mother and then my mom and dad had uh, my brother Gary. And, and that is basically how I came to, to Vancouver. However, since I was three or four years of age, my dad and my grandfathers always took me to see, before I left um, uh, England, um, they always took me to see Manchester United or Manchester City games, and I can still remember that. And I think that's what really sowed the seed in me wanting to be a footballer. Now, 
I believe uh, you you started playing in in Canada for a club called Westminster Royals. So what I'm what I'm interested in is is actually obviously growing up in Canada. How you actually got spotted by Wolves? Well, Wolves came on a North American tour in 1963. Uh, if you can check the Wolves Heroes record book, yes. um, they, they came to Vancouver or across Canada and the United States in 1963. Yeah. And lo and behold, I was playing in the semi-professional league for the new Westminster Royals when I was 16 or 15. And, um, and, uh, after one of the games at uh, at Callister Park, which was the the main stadium in Vancouver where uh, these semi professional teams played in front of about four or five six thousand people, yeah, uh, uh, the the general manager of the New Westminster Royals said, "Les, there's a gentleman outside that wants to speak to you. He's just watched you play." So I went outside. And it was Mr. Stan Cullis. <laughs> and he said, son, I was very impressed with you. He said, could you give me your parents' address? And uh, he said, I think I would love you to come over to Wolverhampton Wanderers to, to have a trial. And that's how I, I came to the Wolves. All thanks to Mr. Stan Cullis. Now, Les, for, for a young man, obviously, you know, born in England and gone to Canada, but for a young man to, to, to uproot again and, and, and come back to the UK must have been must have been a, a huge opportunity, but must have been quite daunting at the time. Well, uh, don't forget, uh, as a young 16 or 17-year-old, uh, I was in Wolverhampton all alone, but don't forget... I did have a nice support system in that my grandparents, uh, both of all four of them lived in Manchester, England, which was a, an hour and a half uh, yes. train ride away yep. or drive, two hour drive. So I did get great support from, from my grandparents and, you know, nothing gave me great pleasure. I'm a bit of emotional here. Hey, don't worry, Les, listen, yeah. Les. Um... That's okay. No, I'm okay. That's good. Uh, that's good. For, for me to be able to go to Main Road, start for the Wolves and Old Trafford in front of 50, 60,000 people in front of my grandparents. Wow. Was special. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, Les? Um, this podcast brings out quite a few tears in people. And it's a good thing because they're always tears of joy and you obviously Les are still very passionate and you've got a fantastic story to tell and, and you know what a wonderful legacy you left for your grandparents by them getting to see you play in those stadiums so that's full credit to you Les by the way um, so obviously <laughs> Stan Cullis people that the, 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 there's some players out there who said he could be a bit of a bully or he could be quite intimidating what was your relationship like with Stan Cullis Les? It was very brief, but all I all I can say is, uh, on my first training session with the Wolverhampton Wanderers, and I remember it as though it was just yesterday. We went to Canuck Chase. Yes, I know it well. Run. 
And uh, I will never, ever forget Joe Gardner saying to me, uh, because what they did is they had Joe Gardner, Bill Shorthouse, um, uh, the, the wonderful man, um, uh, Jack Gowan. Yeah. They had them all spaced around uh, Canuck Chase so none of the players could take a shortcut. Well, I'll never forget on my first day there, it was a cross country race. And I was very, very fortunate because uh, as a 15 year old, I was a BC half mile uh, champion uh, at the half mile. Well, I'm not being um, disrespectful to anybody here or, or being um, uh, 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 critical, but I was so fortunate that on the cross-country race and it was a race that I won it and Joe Gardner couldn't believe it so he went back and he asked Mr. Down and Mr. Shorthouse and others other on the staff did I complete the com- the course well as Peter Knoll said because he was right behind me he said absolutely so Within my first week at Wolverhampton Wanderers, I got off to a brilliant start. <laughs> that is brilliant, Les. I mean, you've mentioned a, a name there, Peter Knowles. I want to I want to come to, to, to Peter in a minute because I know he was a good friend of yours and he, he probably still is. Now, it was Andy Beatty that gave you your debut. You signed as an apprentice for Wolves in 63, professional in 64, and had your debut in 1965 against Middlesbrough away, I believe. In a, in a 3-1 correct. defeat. Um, Andy Beatty gave you a debut. Once again, what was it like to um, be making your debut after what I can imagine is two quite short years? And, and you know, uh, what was your relationship like with Andy Beatty, the man who gave you your debut? Yes. Uh, Andy Beatty was a gentleman of all gentlemen. Uh, um, he was always considerate. Uh, he was just, uh, just you look at his history, and I think that's where you have to. You have to go back and look at people's biographies to really fully understand their passion, yes. their commitment. Andy Beatty had done it all. And it's no different than Mr. Stan Cullis. Yes. He did it all. No different than Raleigh, Ronnie Allen. Yeah. Joe Gardner. They did it all. Yeah, And uh, that also goes for the wonderful manager when I played for Norwich City, Ron Saunders. Ron Saunders. Yeah, Ron Saunders. Yeah. So, Jason, encapsulated form as a North American developed player, I was blessed. I was learning from the very, very best yeah. in global professional football. And a lot of people in North America probably even to this day just don't quite get this but having played under all those wonderful iconic managers yes and not to mention to play alongside of a wonderful brilliant captain mike bailey yeah mike derek bailey dugan, derek dugan ron flowers uh jim mccallyog <laughs> it, it, it just it, it, the the list is just endless. Yes, David Wagstaff. I mean, I was I was so so very blessed, so very fortunate that I was learning each and every day. We, 
from the best of the best. We, we, with such with such great players now. Um, in nineteen sixty seven, uh, you you went back stateside effectively and played for the LA Wolves, and then in nineteen sixty nine, the Kansas City Spurs. Now, I know that you did that with three other players. Uh, to my knowledge, which were Peter Knowles, Teddy Wharton and Phil Parks. How did those, were they, uh, I take it they were loan moves, but how did they actually work? Well, it was basically uh, both uh, in 1967, when you, when you look at the teams from all around the world that we had to play against in 67, when, when we represented Jack Head Cook's uh, Los Angeles Wolves, there were some world-class teams that we played against. Yeah. And uh, once again, uh, it, it really gave me my baptism of playing in the Wolves' first team. And I think we played 14 games, and I must have started in 10 of them. And I think that was really my breakthrough. And uh, I will never, ever forget that the likes of Ronnie Allen and Jack Dowen gave me that opportunity and um and you know they were fully confident that i was going to make it right now you i believe um in both spells back in america you uh you roomed with obviously peter Knowles. now now peter retired it's you know widely reported at 23 to to follow his beliefs as a, as a jehovah's witness um was it a shock to you, Les, when Peter just decided to, to, to give up the game and, and, and follow that path? Well, let's just go back in history. When I signed, when I first joined the Wolves, once again, I was so fortunate. Who did Mr. Cullis and Mr. Gardner put me in digs with? Oh, Peter No. Oh, right. I didn't so, know that, Les. Yeah. So Peter and I lived together for at least one and a half to two seasons. Yeah. So he was like a brother to me. And nobody could have helped me more than him. And once again, I was learning from the best. Yeah. He was brilliant. What a player Peter Knowles was. What, what a... Brilliant. But... Not only a brilliant footballer, wonderful person. Yeah, he 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 he, he was a he, wonderful, wonderful player, and 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 obviously a very strong personality to to be able to 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 give up the game as he did and follow follow through with his convictions as he did. Do you ever still speak to Peter Les? I have done, and um, I did meet up with Peter. Uh, on one of my trips back to Wolverhampton. Brilliant. And, and it, uh, what I did, I found out uh, th through through Wolves that he was working in Marks and Spencer's. Yes, that's right. So what I did was I went into Marks and Spencer's and gave him a wonderful surprise. Oh, that is, that is brilliant, Les. Brilliant. I bet, I bet he was... I bet he was more surprised than you, wasn't he? Well, what people don't realize is that when Wolves came to Vancouver in 63, um, when I went and trained with the Wolves, uh, uh, with Mr. Cullis, 
I train with Peter at Brockton Oval in Stanley Park in Vancouver and the, the entire Wolves, Freddie Goodwin, Terry Wharton, John yeah. Galley. So as a young 16-year-old, I got to meet Peter Knowles. And what my aunt and uncle did was they invited Peter over for, for a dinner one night. Yeah. And, and he came and he was just just absolutely superb. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And and uh, another player who obviously you played in America with, and you uh, at the at the back end of your career, back at Vancouver, you actually signed with him on the same day as well at Wolves. Phil Parks, Lofty. Do you still speak to Lofty much, Les? Uh, Phil called me. I'm going to say six days ago. Brilliant. And and um, it was out of respect because. Uh, the gentleman I worked with for 25 years, the late Tony Waiters, passed away just over two weeks ago. And uh, I recommended to Tony that we sign Phil Parks. And uh, Phil uh, came to the Whitecaps, and the rest is history. He was absolutely brilliant. And he was uh, named the NESL Goalkeeper of the Year on several, I think, two occasions yeah and it's the greatest sporting accomplishment in the history of all sports in vancouver british columbia canada in the triple winning vancouver whitecaps that phil parks played in goal for and we had one hell of a team oh yeah i and i remember phil actually went back to uh, vancouver not so long back actually at the reunion was you there for that les I was there for it, and I was with Phil, and I've got some lovely photographs of that wonderful day. And and I got to give the Whitecaps credit because they're going through a very bad time at the moment. Yeah, uh, playing on the field and getting results. They've not made the playoffs for a number of years, but I will give the past uh, recent in in two thousand and. Um, whatever the year was that we had the uh, the reunion. Yeah. Um, I give the current Whitecaps organization great credit because they really did a wonderful job celebrating the 1979 triple champion, North American Soccer League champions, the Vancouver Whitecaps, with Wolves, Phil Parks in goal. And I was the manager of the team. Oh, what an incredible achievement. And I, I believe, once again, Les, when I, when I did my research... You was in the, I might be wrong, uh, the, the Vancouver Army and Navy. Yeah, well, the Vancouver Army and Navy has nothing to do with uh, uh, the military. Ah, well, see, there you go. <laughs> it, 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 I played as a young, uh, ever since I was, I don't, I'm going to say eight or nine, for Collingwood Legion. Yeah. And... Um, and this Scottish gentleman by the name of Dave McGrewer, he was an avid football fanatic and an excellent coach. Um, he asked me if uh, I would like to go and join Army and Navy and um, a youth team. And this is when I was 14 or 15, and I did. And uh, But Dave McGrewer was one passionate, excellent coach yeah. whom I learned a lot from. And, and then... Uh, uh, the New Westminster Royals, a semi-professional team in the Pacific Coast League, uh, signed me. And not only did I get paid to play at 15, 
they also gave me a job in the summer at the Canadian Forest uh, Products Sawmill in New Westminster, and I was earning a man's wage. Okay. So, you know, uh, I've been blessed throughout my life, throughout my career. I've been absolutely blessed. Yeah. Well, Les, that's always always good to hear. I've got a couple of uh, statistics, which hopefully you won't be correcting me on, and, and they, they should be right. As a, you, you, well, I believe you was a bit of a utility player, and uh, it tells me that you played in nine different positions throughout your career. Is that right, Les? I believe, uh, and I will stand correct on this, but I think I started for the Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club in all ten outfield positions. Oh wow! The, the only the only position that I did not start in was goalkeeper. Lofty, would, Lofty wouldn't let you, Les. That's why. <laughs> yeah, I, I I believe the uh, historical archive book uh, will confirm that I did start in every outfield position for Wolverhampton Wanderers um, during my career either, I mean, in the first team. Les, that's amazing. But uh, I do ask this question to utility players. Can sometimes that go against you almost? Because if you say a striker and you've got that recognised position, um, you know, you can get the nod over other players. But as a utility, sometimes you're coming in to replace players. Uh, you know, can it go against you sometimes, Les? Yes, I think looking back in my career, um, I, I think being um, uh, classified as uh, a complete utility player, starting in 10 uh, starting positions um, in, in top-class football, um, you know, but you know what? It's never, ever, as I said here, it's never all about the player or yeah. the person. It's about the complete team. Yes. And the team is the sum of each individual part. And I learned that at Wolves. And I brought that mentality, uh, along with other, others, back to Vancouver, back to Canadian soccer, and hence uh, the Whitecaps and Canadian soccer uh, succeeded where they've never ever succeeded before, both prior to me coming on, on as a manager or post. Uh, I think some of the the uh, the championships that Canadian soccer has won, along with the Whitecaps, are unprecedented in Canadian soccer and North American soccer history. Yes, definitely. Um, and, and let me just just say this. Yeah, I learned my trade the right way. Coming through the school of hard knocks at <laughs> Wolverhampton Wanderers and Norwich City in the Premier League. Yes, because I, I did see that you played over a hundred top flight games, Les. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And and also you've got a another statistic. Um, the first you are the first substitute to ever score for Wolves, and that come. Uh, at Goodison Park, Everton, on the 2nd of September, 1967. 51,000 in attendance, Les, to see that. Uh, and I hope I'm right. You're spot on. I'll never forget that um, Ronnie Allen was the manager. And uh, I think it was half time. Um, Ronnie uh, said, Les, get warmed up, you're going on. Uh, I think Waggy was, had a bit of an injury. Yeah. So um, he said, go and play up front. 
on my second touch of the ball, I scored. I couldn't believe it. Well, when I came, and we lost. We lost the game, I think, 2-1 or 3-1. Right. But when I came in the, when I came in the dressing room, <laughs> Ronnie Allen's looking at me, and he said, Reverend, I don't believe this. <laughs> I'll never forget that. So that was a massive confidence booster for me, and I think Peter Knowles had played in this game as well. Yeah. And um, Terry Wharton. So it was a real massive boost for me uh, from a psychological point of view. And it was on Match of the Day. So I think when we got home, Match of the Day was uh, on later on at night. Yeah. uh, On Saturday night. And I got the pleasure of seeing me uh, score against Everton at Goodison. So, yeah. Stories like that are brilliant. I mean... With your second touch as well, I mean... Second touch of the ball in the Premier League and they scored. Yeah. In, back of the net, 51,000 at Goodison Park, brilliant. Now, you, you actually alluded to a, 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 a nickname there. I did, once again, in my research, this nickname, The Reverend, and I didn't know whether to ask you in case it was wrong, and you've just referred to it yourself. So where does that nickname come from, Les? Uh, it, it came came from the Wolves, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah. And um, it all, uh, I have to give credit here, it all came about through Der- the amazing Derek Dugan. Yes. Who was, who, was, who was my roommate on many occasions. And the likes of the brilliant player Bobby Gold who came and visited us in Vancouver last year. Lovely man, but, Bobby. We've had Bobby on the podcast. Lovely, lovely man. Well, he, uh, uh, Bobby and his wife, great wife, came and visited Vancouver for seven or eight days last year, and uh, they they uh, they came to our home. We went out for dinner several occasions, oh. but I think it became uh, from Derek Dugan, uh, Bobby Gold, the nickname they <laughs> they announced me as the Reverend, and it has always stuck. You know, even when it came back from can- to to Canada, yeah, brilliant. The the Reverend. So well, I I, I think uh, I always have tried to believe in playing fair, square. Yes, being upfront, being honest, and uh, you know, um, the title stuck, and it, it stuck for many, many, many decades. I mean, what we you, you've mentioned him there, Derek Dugan, the Duke. Um, Larger than life character on and off the pitch. Um, I mean, I mean to room with him. He must have been a nutcase, Les. No, he wasn't a nutcase. He was smart, intelligent. Yeah. He 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 was one visionary. Yes. And and look to be. To be chairman of the Professional Footballers Association, yeah. you have to have bags of intelligence yes. and foresight. And uh, you know, and here again, uh, Gordon Taylor, who I played with at the Vancouver Whitecaps and helped recruit him to the Whitecaps, uh, we have still stayed in touch. But focusing on Derek Dugan, here we are, Los Angeles Wolves, nineteen sixty-seven. And he wants me to be his roommate. I mean, I'm thinking, <laughs> wow. It was either brilliance on behalf of Ronnie Allen and Jack Dowan, but you have to realize as a very young uh, Canadian uh, to be influenced and 
being a roommate of Derek Dugan, not yeah. only in L.A., but playing in, in the Premier League uh, many years later, it was just a wonderful learning experience for myself. I could not have learned for, from a better person and better footballer yes. than Derek Dugan. He was, he was known globally. And and I think you're quite right there, Les. And when I said nutcase, I was I wasn't being disrespectful by any stretch no. because he was a larger than life character. And you, you're quite right in 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 when you say visionary because you know he changed football with football shirt sponsorship, um, you know things like that. And it and it was really down to you know once again a man of his convictions. If he believed in something, he he, he would go for it and he would he would push the barriers. And and he was a, a trailblazer for his time. Jason, uh, encapsulated form. He was a man's man. Yes, he, he, he certainly was. Now, you, you, uh, 1971, you left Wolves. Uh, it was Bill McGarry that, that you played your last game under. Once again, Bill can, well, you know, some of the players I've interviewed from that era said he's a bit of a Marmite character. Some got on with him, some didn't. Um, what was your relationship like with Bill and, and how hard was it to leave Wolverhampton Wanderers after spending so long there with, 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 and making so many great friends? Um, I enjoyed Bill McGarry and Sammy Chung uh, vastly. I learned a great deal from him. He believed in me and I think that uh, when you when you look at the historical records, he he he, he uh, could see my versatility, which was a great asset uh, to him and and to the club. Yeah. And um, I made one fatal mistake in my career, and I, I'm not too sure who we were playing against, but we were playing in the Premier League, and. Um, I thought I was doing well. It might have been against me, the Manchester City or Manchester United. I'll have to check my archives and I'll let you know, Jason. But yes. uh, all of a sudden, I hear Sammy, because Bill was in the director's box, yeah. uh, Bill McGarry. And Sammy yelling at me, he said, Reverend, you're coming off. And I, I looked at him and I thought, what? He said, you're coming off. I think they were putting Kenny Hibbert on. Yeah. Well, I looked up and I looked and there I could see Bill McGarry in his director's box. This is probably the worst day of my entire career or life. I've never done anything like I was so upset that they took me off. I put my two fingers up at Bill McGarry in front of 40,000 people. And I think that was my Waterloo at Wolverhampton Wanderers, and I don't blame him uh, because it really took me a while to get back in the first team after doing that shocking two fingers up to Bill McGarry in front of 40,000 people. I mean, Les, once again, I learned so much on these podcasts and I didn't know that story and I've I've never heard that mm -hmm. story. But no, that's, that, that's, the, that's the exact truth, believe me. No, I, I'm not proud of it, in fact. I would say that is probably the worst thing that I ever did in my whole career. Now, and I paid, and I paid the price for it. Les, obviously, at that point, you are you are still a young man. You're passionate about the game. Um, 
you want to do your best obviously you've got an opportunity at Wolves you've been there several years surely it's just frustration but sometimes you know when you're playing in front of 40,000 people the frustration can get the better you can't it Les well it's passion yeah it, you know it's passion and you love it so much uh, and um, you know uh, I owe my whole career and life to Wolves what what did what did Bill McGarry actually say to you, Les, when you got in the dressing room or or the next day at training? What what did he actually say? Did he did he pull you up about it? Did he did he? No, give you... I got I got to give him credit. He, uh, I got to give him credit. He uh, he never said anything. I think we got a result. He yeah. never said anything. But on uh, it was a long uh, Sunday for me believe me I bet. a Saturday night and a long Sunday but on Monday morning I came in Sammy Chung comes into the dressing room he said Reverend don't need to tell you the gaffer is going to talk to you <laughs> and uh, went up into his office and he said of all the people Reverend I never thought you would do a thing like that and I apologized and said it was out of character, but I did it, and I had to be responsible for my actions. So I, I don't know how much I got fined, but I think it was two weeks' wages. And the uh, on the Friday, the following week, the team list went up. I must be the only Wolves player to go from the first team to the third team. Oh. That was a good lesson. Oh. And I and I always remembered that lesson when I went into management. Yes. It's about being respectful, being totally respectful to your peers and the people that are helping you. Yeah. Yes. It was a great lesson in my management and playing career, Jason. Now, you went, you, you did you go home or, so you left Wolverhampton Wanderers, which must have been so, such a sad day for you, Les, which obviously I want, want you to reflect on. And then you went home. To, to, to Vancouver, uh, I believe the Vancouver Spartans, is that right? No, that was just in the summer. Right. That was, uh, they, they would, uh, here again, I have to give Bill McGarry credit. Uh, the Vancouver Spartans was uh, a semi-professional team in the Western Canadian Soccer League. Uh, the general manager was John Pickburn. And uh what Mr. Pickburn did was uh, pay for me to fly home uh, to Vancouver on, a, on the off-season. And the, the, the way that I paid him back was uh, I captained and, and, and coached the Vancouver Spartans team while yeah. I was still at the Wolves, but it was the off-season. I think we played two games, against one against Newcastle and one against the Chinese team Sing Tao and uh, so I captained uh, both the teams and I was the coach as well so that's where I got my baptism and my passion for coaching and management uh, yes. basically um, uh, through John Pickburn and 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 later on uh, when I went to Norwich and played for Ron Saunders you had to play under Ron Saunders to appreciate what a manager this fellow was. Yeah. He was absolutely spot on, brilliant. So when he, when he bought me from, from uh, Bristol City, I could not have learned 
and I only was there for a year with Ron Saunders, but I could not have learned my trade from a better manager than him. He was absolutely brilliant, and hence his career yes. was magnificent. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely was. Um, what Was it a sad day to... Because to, it was Bristol City then. Uh, now I can see that you joined from Wolves um, with, with the Vancouver Spartans being just a short loan spell. Was it... <laughs> Uh, was it a sad day to leave Wolves, Les? Um, well, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, uh, sad because you know I think I had another th- two or three years of uh, good football in me. And um, however, uh, I went on loan to Bristol uh, for ten games, and uh, I saved them along with uh, uh, Dave Merrington, who was a player at Burnley. He was on loan. Uh, And so Dave and I went on loan to Bristol City, and we saved Bristol City from getting relegated. Uh, As it turned out, um, I got handsomely rewarded financially uh, by Bristol City for saving them in, in, in the second tier. Yeah. And I went back to Wolves after the summer and and trained. And um, uh, uh, I think Bill McGarry called me in and said, Les, he said, uh, Alan Dix, who was the manager at Bristol City, has come in for you and he wants to purchase you outright. Would you be interested? And I was in and out of the Wolves team at the time. So I said, yep. I will go because I really enjoyed living in Bristol. It was a lovely place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I performed really well. And so I was at Bristol City for just over a year. And then uh, Ron Saunders came in for me uh, about 14 months later. And, and the reason I went to Bristol City was Bobby Bold was there and decided to make his home there. Yes, that's so Bobby right. and I played for Bristol City. I believe he still lives in Bristol now, doesn't he, Bobby? Absolute Porter's head. Yes, that's right. Because once again, we had yeah. Bobby on the podcast and some great, great, great stories. Um, he's he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. As I said, they came over uh, on. Uh, they were on their way back from New Zealand, and my wife and I picked them up at the airport. Bobby, we had just a wonderful four or five days together in Vancouver. I'm going to say about two years ago. Oh, yeah. fantastic! Now, so so we, Bobby and I played at Bristol for a brief while, and yeah. then, as I said, that Ron Saunders came in, and I, I didn't hesitate to leave because I just wanted to test uh, how I could perform in the Premier League again. Yes, and 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 you did. And what was your time at Norwich like, Les? Well, under Ron Saunders, it was magnificent. And here again, I'll never forget, we we have to go back to Liverpool again. We played at, at, at Everton. Yeah. And we, and we won 1-0. This was my third or fourth game for, for Norwich. We won away at Everton 1-0. And in those days, not many teams did that. Yeah. And especially Norwich. Well... I'll never forget in the dressing room after Ron Saunders was over the moon. Two weeks later, Manchester City come in for him. He leaves Norwich City and becomes the manager of Manchester City. 
And it was at that point, I'd done nearly a decade of service in the English leagues. And the Whitecaps was starting up, so I decided to uh, come back home and, and build the game that I loved and it, it, that had been so good to me. So, And that's what I did for the next 25 years. So you, you come back to Vancouver, and I believe, because... Uh, I've got to say this to the listeners. Les has been so helpful in, in helping me prepare for the interview. He sent me that much information, Les. It was so interesting in, in, in reading through. You actually played against the great Pelé, didn't you, Les? I did. I had the great honour of playing against Pelé twice. And uh, I had the great honour of keeping him scoreless uh, at Empire Stadium in a sold-out 40,000-seat stadium or 38,000-seat stadium and kept him scoreless. So there's not too many people that have kept the likes of George Best and Pelé and Jimmy Greaves scoreless. So, um, you know, as I say to my grandsons that, you know, you've got to be thankful the opportunities that you have in your life. Yeah. I think what's quite unusual, Les, is in your case, in he's, he's been such a... I mean, now there's players from America, Spain, Portugal, coming to, you know, Wolves and Premier League clubs, all, you know, from all over the world. It's quite common now. But as a young man, that was an almost quite a rarity for, for a young player to, to come from abroad, especially Canada, to make it in the UK. Well, I think whether you look at the Commonwealth or whatever... Uh, and here I yeah, am, not being uh, boastful, but I think it is unprecedented. It was yes. at that time. And uh, as I said, I, I really got off to a good start because um, I was uh, the BC uh, track and field champion for British Columbia yeah. in the half mile. So I, I, I was gifted by having great fitness. And I've, I've just been for a 30 minute run this morning. And uh, I, not only did I have uh, great fitness levels, but I also was very quick. And I think that was one of uh, one of my great attributes in being yes. able to play in the English top flight leagues. Now, yeah. you, you uh, obviously talked about management. You actually managed the Canadian national team. Is that right, Les? For 20 years. <laughs> Is that all? <laughs> wow. 20 years. 20, 20 years. years. I mean, what well, an honour no, that must I, be, Les, because... I'm, I'm sorry, no, I'll, I'll correct that. 1983 yeah. to 2001, I managed the uh, all, all the Canadian national teams, and I think we qualified for something like uh, Canada's men's World Cup team and Olympic team. We qualified for the FIFA World Cup. Uh, in 1986 in Mexico. Yes. And uh, the um, 1984 Olympic Games in the United States, they are two unprecedented uh, accomplishments in the whole history of Canadian soccer. And then again on 2000, when I was the manager of the Canadian National World Cup team, uh, Canada became CONCACAF, double champions we were CONCACAF champions and confederation champions once again another unprecedented accomplishment 
in the whole history of Canadian soccer. And, and, and Les, I mean, you talk about the 1986 World Cup. Obviously, we've just lost Diego Maradona. Um, I mean, what was that World Cup like to be involved with and a part of? Because I, I think that was my my first World Cup, really, was Italia 19. It was 1986 when I was you know starting to just realise what football was. That must have been an absolutely huge, huge uh, tournament to be involved with. Well, yeah, as I say, it's, Canada's never done it prior to 86 and have never done it since. Uh, the, only thing, uh, the only time that, that we really accomplished it uh, was in 2000 when we won the CONCACAF double. But going to the World Cup 1986, it, uh, it was special. And it was, don't forget, it was probably Maradona's World Cup. Oh, but, yes. Um, you know, for for Canada to take on the European champions, France, Minnows Canada, and we lost one nil to a Papin goal, I believe, at the eighty fifth minute. <laughs> Tony Waiters, the late Tony Waiters, who passed away several weeks ago, and that's a very sad uh, thing yeah. for me to bring up. Um, we lost we lost to an 86 minute goal and uh, to Papin of uh, France and they were the European champions so for Minos Canada to lose to France the European champions uh, um, I take that to to be uh, even oh, though we lost I mean, uh, it, it, it certainly was some accomplishment to to get to the World Cup but not only get there but to hold France to 1-0 oh look yeah. you, you've mentioned a player there uh, Jean-Pierre Papin and then there was Platini I mean that mm-hmm. that was an incredible French team absolutely In- yeah incredible absolutely and absolutely yeah I, I know uh, another great accolade that you've you've you know, richly deserved, Les. You are in the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame. I mean, what, what, how, where does that rank? What does that mean to you? Well, it, 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 it it's very, very nice to be uh, inducted. I believe, uh, and what they have, what they do is they induct individuals uh, that deserve to go in, and hence I have was inducted into the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame. As, as as a builder uh, of the game in Canada, but uh, the other seven inductions are all with seven different championship Canadian World Cup teams in CONCACAF. So, um, it, it, you know, to be inducted, I believe, eight times into the Canadian Soccer Hall of Fame, it's, it's a record that is unprecedented. Oh. So... I think, um, you know, Canadian soccer and, and British Columbia soccer, they, um, they've, they've all done me very, very proud. And uh, I was just so fortunate to be in the right place, I guess, at the right time. Well, well you've obviously been, been in the right place, right time more than once. I don't think there's much luck involved, Les. I think it's a lot down to your hard-working well, endeavours. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the chase here, Jason. Look, I learned my trade... 10 years playing in British football. Yeah. And and when I say English football because don't forget we 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 um, Wolves we played in the Texaco Cup. We were Texaco Cup champions. Yes. People forget that. Yeah. But 
that was a, a, a massive win. Yeah. European runners up. And I think I only played one game and sub them one game in the European team that European runners up. The, I was going to say actually about the seventy-one, seventy-two. Um, UEFA Correct. Cup final. I mean, what what uh, Wolves were a good cup team in the seventies, Les. So, and what was it like to be part of that side? Well, you know, when I, I think uh, when we went over, and I, I I hope my memory doesn't fail here, but I think we went to Edo Den Haag, who were probably one of the best Dutch teams. Yeah, uh, and we the first leg was away. And we went away, and I and I, I played in that game. I think I went on a, early on as a sub, and uh, we went away from home three one. And and I'll never we flew we flew over there in a private plane, flew home on a private plane. Everything done, Wolverhampton Wanderers first class, and I'll never forget that. And um, anyway, at the return leg, I think I was a sub and I didn't go on, but. Um, I think we beat Edo Den Haag 4-1 uh, at the Molyneux and we really spanked them. Yeah. So I think I think if the, my records are correct, I think we won 7-1 on aggregate. Well, in European football, uh, even Manchester City today don't win 7-1 yeah. on aggregate. Yeah. That's a big scoreline. So it was, but we had... Uh, we had a wonderful team and you know when i look at john richards and uh, all all the wonderful players that we had i mean you, you couldn't have had a better captain than mike bailey and and ron flowers i mean talk about learning from the best of the best jason yeah and that they were and they were and they were. And, uh, you know, you look at uh, left-sided players today and you look at David Wagstaff. Well, he has to be one of the best uncapped England players of all times. Yeah. I mean, I think it was a bit of a travesty in that era. Uh, you look at John Richards, he didn't get the, the caps he deserved. Kenny Hibbett didn't win an oh, England cap. Uh, absolutely oh. spot on, Jason. you accurate, spot on. Absolute yes? travesty. Actually, Les... Why didn't you win? Did you win any Canadian caps? Um, actually, no, I did not. There's a travesty, Les. Well, <laughs> you have to realise the politics that probably goes on in, say, some non-soccer countries. Yes. And, uh, look, I... Um, when I was at the Whitecaps, I uh, I trained with the Canadian national team uh, when I was the captain of the Whitecaps. And uh, for some reason, I didn't get picked. So I just took it in my stride and uh, went on captain the Whitecaps and then became the general manager of, of the Vancouver Whitecaps for six or seven years. And that, that made up for, for not being picked for Canada. Brilliant. Now, Les, uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you two shots at this. Um, I always ask players their their abiding memory, but, but being as you had such a great career away from Wolves as well, it would be rude not to obviously get that memory too. So, I need really two two. If there's two memories you look back on, one at Wolves uh, and one away from Wolves, what are the two abiding memories in your football career that you can look back on now and and it brings a smile to your face? Uh, okay, let's do it in reverse. Uh, off the top of my head, 
Uh, I think going to Old Trafford, uh, keeping Manchester United nil-nil, marking Sir Bobby Charlton, who I had the great pleasure of going for runs with in Vancouver when he came over here. And, uh, yeah, I, be- I believe, uh, I don't have the Wolves record book, I think we went, went to Old Trafford and we drew nil-nil. That was one fantastic achievement, and especially for me as a young six-year-old, I guess, co- uh, coming from Manchester. It, that was very special. Yes, 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 of course. Um, the other uh, great accomplishment at the Wolves... Um, um, I, I would say starting in every outfield position from number two to number 12 <laughs> or number 11 or 12. Uh, yeah, that I don't think there's, there's any Wolves players that have ever started in every outfield position for the Wolverhampton Wanderers uh, I've in got the to be honest, Les, history. I'm a bit of an anorak and I don't know of another player. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, one of the listeners may correct me, but I don't know of another player that yeah. has and, and, played and in I every... Have to, let me just, sorry, before I forget here, because I am getting a bit older, but uh, I have to include uh, in that was in the uh, North American, uh, uh, the uh, United Soccer League Championship that we won in in uh, 67, because I played center half, in I believe, in Dallas, Texas and wore the number five jersey uh, because David Woodfield was injured and Ronnie Allen said, you're going to play centre-half today. So I think that is, is uh, I don't think I played uh, number five in, in the Premier League or First Division, but I know that I did play in um, as a number five position in, uh, in, in, I think it was in Dallas, Texas. And yeah. I think I know the answer to this question, Les. If Bill McGarry or... Andy Beatty or Ronnie Allen had said to you, right, Les, Lofty's injured today. We need you to go in goal. Would you get the gloves on? Absolutely not. I was hopeless in goal. <laughs> I uh, thought you was going to say yes. I, I, there is absolutely... I'll never forget Peter Knowles and I had come back and several of the apprentices, uh, uh, David Cook, Dave Carrick, and I went in goal once, and I said, never again. <laughs> they were taking shots on me, and I said, never again. But no, I, uh, yeah, I, I, know I, I know my capabilities, and that certainly wasn't one. And you always have to play for, to your strengths in life and sport and, and know what you're, you know, what you're, what you excel in and what you don't excel in. Yes. Yeah. Well, Les, I must say, um, it's, it's been an absolute delight to interview you today. Uh, not only about how interesting your life and career has been, but also, you know, you, 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 you did get upset on one or two occasions. And, 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 and that exudes in your the passion that you've still got for Wolverhampton Wanderers. And I want to thank you on behalf of Wolves for representing our great club on 116 occasions for representing our club in so many different positions and also representing them all over the world. So, Les, it's been a pleasure interviewing you today and thank you so much for your time on the Wolf Whistle podcast. Jason, would you just do me one favour? Always. Pass on uh, my great respect uh, to Mr. Raul Jimenez. Yes. And I hope to God... 
He has a speedy recovery, and we see him in the black and gold for Wolverhampton Wanderers again. And what a wonderful CONCACAF player. He's brilliant. What a wonderful yes. player. And I, I had tears in my eyes when I see what happened to him last week. What a player. Yeah. It was such a it was was very sad, but I'm sure, and you know, the Wolves fans will agree that that Raúl Jiménez is going to come back stronger than ever. Uh, but thank you so much for your time today, Les. Thank you for your for your lovely, lovely Jason, words, and we hope to have you back pleasure. on soon. My pleasure, and thank you from the bottom of my heart. You've uh, you've done the club proud, and you've done myself proud, and uh, I can't thank you enough. Oh. God bless. Thanks, Les. Bye, son.